Christian and what you have today, whether it's a house, a car, a dog, a cat, two bucks in your pocket, whatever it is, it's because of the Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes from Him is what we're told. And so if you do have something today, it's because of Him and His and, and it's perfect. And if you don't, it's because something great will come of your personal lack. Something great will come from that. And, and, and here's what's great. Maybe some patience. Maybe love for others. We live in a culture that nurtures discontent. The advertising industry is one of the most financially prosperous industries out there, and it entirely revolves around making people want what they don't have. As we seek after material belongings, we think that those things will make us happy. Yet, within a couple of weeks, we find ourselves longing for the next big thing. As Pastor Mark reminds us in today's message, money and possessions are only temporary. They often become more of a curse than a blessing. When we trust in God, even though we may be lacking from the world's perspective, we are rich in Him. Well, let's open our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and join Pastor Mark with today's edition of Come Alive. She didn't take matters into her own hands like her husband did. She went to the Lord. Look at verse 11. It says, And then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. So we get to eavesdrop in on her prayer. Some of the best prayers are born out of sorrow. You know that? Some of the best prayers are born out of sorrow and suffering. But in spite of how she felt, she laid bare her soul before the Lord. And so notice this prayer. There's a couple of things in here. If you want to take notes, write this down there. Submission. Submission. Hannah submits before the Lord. She presents herself to the Lord as a maidservant. And you got to think about what that word means. The word servant, obviously, it means slave. It's somebody that really doesn't. So she presents presents herself as a maidservant. And this means she would do whatever he wanted her to do. Whatever God wants her to do is what he would do or what she would do, no matter what the request. It was a prayer that involved sacrifice, a sacrifice. And it's not that she cut open an animal and laid it on, a, on an altar before the Lord, not that kind of sacrifice, but because she vowed to give her son back to the Lord God to serve him all the days of his life. And as a parent, have we done this with our children? Said, so, you know, we've done baby dedications where we come up here and we pray for the kids and say, Lord, you know, and it's not really for the kids because the kids are usually real small and they have no idea because they're pulling on my ear or drooling or whatever. But it's for us as a church to hold accountable the mom and dad and say, hey man, are you really doing what you're supposed to be doing as a Christian parent to train up this child in the way that they should go? Are you doing that? It's for us to hold them accountable. It's not a magic prayer. There's not any of those. But it's up. It's between the mom and the dad and the Lord. It's a, it's a relationship there again. And it's something that daily I dedicate my son and my daughter to the Lord at night when we pray with them. 
I always ask the Lord, please let him every single day of his life just love you and never depart from your ways. And the same thing for Elia, the same prayer. And I mean it from my heart. I don't want them to walk away from the Lord. I would rather them be saved all the days of their lives and somebody be like, wow, your testimony's kind of boring. Praise God I didn't have to put up with kids like me, you know, if that happens. I may, you never know. So it was a prayer that involved sacrifice because she vowed to give her son back to the Lord. And she did ask for him, you know, or she didn't ask for him to be famous or rich. You know, Lord, let him have a lot of money and a really cool house and, and drive nice cars. And, oh, yeah, so he could help others. And no, it wasn't that. She didn't want that for her kid. She didn't want rich, riches or prominence. All that matters is that he'll belong to God. And it's easy to look at Penina and think, you know what? She's the one who has it good, but we're, we're not looking at it from, you know, the right perspective if we think that. When you're like, well, she's got kids, and she's taking them to church. She's doing what she needs to do, and, and Penina's got it pretty good. So why is she so bitter? Well, because she's not loved. Because she's not loved. And if we as Americans define, if we go back to prosperity, if we define prosperity, uh, you, you and I might think of cars, money, and wealth, but it's different than what Jesus Christ defined as prosperity. Think about that. He said, what is it of a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? So think about this. If, if you get everything in the world, all the real estate, if you get the whole world, all the real estate, I mean, you think about how much a lot here in Katy costs just to build a house on to average $40,000. But if you got all the real estate, and in that real estate, you got the mineral rights because that's part of the whole world. Well, then you'd have all the diamond mines. You'd have all the oil in, in the Middle East and whatever else, gold, all the gold mines, silver mines. You'd have everything. But Jesus is saying, if you had all that stuff, it's no good. It's no good. If, if you forfeit your soul, what good is it? If, if you just have it here for the short period of time that you're on earth, what good is it? It didn't better you. Well, yeah, I helped lots of people. Big deal. Where do you go when you die? If you were to die today, where would you go? You hear people say, well, I think heaven. But if I asked you, hey, after church, where are you going to go? Everybody's very positive. Oh, lunch, home, or wherever. Everybody knows for sure. But you think heaven well, why would you think that? Are you not sure? That lets me know that you're not sure. And if you're not sure, well, then we need to take care of business. See, keep in mind, we've been told that God so loved the world, not the planet, the world, not the actual round globe, but the people of the world, that he so loved the world that he gave his son to die, to redeem, to buy you back. Buy me back from what? Well, from an eternity in hell. And so that is how valuable your soul is when you think about it. That's what you have. Something that's more valuable than all the things of the world is what Jesus said. So Hannah here does that. Lord, you are the only authorized agent for prosperity and provision in my life is basically what she says. You're a maidservant. So if you have something today, it's because of God. If you're a Christian and what you have today, whether it's a house, a car, a dog, a cat, Two bucks in your pocket, whatever it is, it's because of the Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes from him is what we're told. 
And so if you do have something today, it's because of him and, his, and, and it's perfect. And if you don't, it's because something great will come of your personal lack. Something great will come from that. And, and, and here's what's great. Maybe some patience. Maybe love for others. I was talking to somebody this week and they said, man, God has me in this spot. And it's really showing me something. Showing me what I need to do and what I need to be like. And then this morning in the leadership meeting, somebody else said something very similar. I'm in this position because God's trying to teach me something. Have you ever thought about looking at your position where you are or what's going on in your life and saying, man, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Or do we just like, oh, yeah, I know. I know. I'm smart enough because I've read a lot of books. It's, it's not always about the intelligence. The person with that who's prospering, is learning how to share and give out of their abundance. That's what we should be learning. If you have a lot, learn to share and give out of your abundance to those who don't. If you don't, then it's God's perfect lesson for you, and in time, he will prosper you. So if you don't have something, just know in time, he will prosper you. If you're walking according to his way, according to his will, whose will? His will. Is it my will? No, it's his will. But if I'm a Christian and I say I'm totally given over to the Lord, then his will will become my will. But we struggle with that sometimes because the world is very attractive. It offers the easy. And, we, you know, it's not always easy. The Bible talks about suffering a whole lot. A whole lot. And it's all about forgiveness. Just think about what we've done. God has given his baby son to die on a cross, right? Why? Well, because we've done something wrong. But God's yet willing to forgive us, yet sometimes we're unable to forgive. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to hang on to that for a little while and stay mad because I really love toying with my anger. I used to be that guy. I didn't want to forgive anyone. If you did something wrong to me, man, you know what? You were just a waste of a name is what my thought was, and it didn't matter what happened to you after that. I didn't care. I became a Christian, and I started thinking, man, it's great to know that I've blown it, and just think about it. You want it in your own life. You blow it. You want somebody to say, hey, man, you know, if it, it, I forgive you. It's okay. We'll get over this road hump. Sometimes that happens. But it's God's perfect lesson for you. In time, he will prosper you if you don't have. Look at verse 12. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So, you know, you ever drive down the road and you see somebody, I mean, nowadays it's easy because everybody's got a Bluetooth. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I was talking to a guy the other day and he was like, man, you know, he goes, I love to pray while I'm driving and people are looking at me like I'm crazy. And I said, well, just pretend you have a Bluetooth on. He goes, I never thought of that. You know, and, he, and, and I was like, just as long as you're not driving, praying with your eyes closed, I think everybody will understand that, you know, maybe if that's the big deal. But even if, you know, before Bluetooth came out, I used to just drive down the road and talk and my mouth would be moving. And one time I remember early on, somebody was looking at me and I thought, oh, they think I'm nuts. So I just acted like I was singing, you know, trying to bob my head and do something, you know, and then they were like, you know, and I was like, oh, man, I really look stupid, you know, because I had a Jeep and they couldn't hear any music, you know, the top was off. So I was like, man, <laughs> You kind of just, you know, it's weird. Just, it's not a big deal. Just pray. Just pray. Talk. It's just talking to God. It's not a magic prayer. There's not, you know, you, I always see those prayer books. There's a, 
uh, a religious store across from my shop, and I like to go in there every now and then and look at some of the stuff, wall decorations, and there's always prayer books, and so sometimes I'll open them up and be like, hey, what if I mix up some of these prayers? And the lady goes, what do you mean? I was like, well, what if I pray this Advent prayer and this other prayer over here, the before Mass prayer, and I slam these two together? What happened? I was like, well, she just kind of looked at me, and she's like, nothing. And I was like, oh, really, nothing? She's like, yeah, nothing. I was like, oh. I was like, well, what if I pray this other prayer in the back of the book and slam it together with the prayer in the front of the book? What happened? And she's like, oh, you don't want to do that. And I was like, why? She's like, those are two separate prayers. And I was like, oh. I go, is there any value in just talking to God? She goes, oh, no, you need to pray. And I was like, all right, thanks for the info. And I kind of walked out of there, and I was like, man, I wonder how many people she's misled today. Prayer is just talking to God. And so Hannah comes into this place just to talk with God. Verse 15, or verse 14, so Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Just because her lips are moving and she's not making voices or being heard, Eli, the genius that he is, thinks she's drunk. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. And then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. Now, if you look at what Peninnah's irritation forces Hannah to do, sometimes in our lives we have certain irritations that take place. But what's it, you know, what good is it if, it if it's not forcing you to do something? If it doesn't force you to look up to God, if it doesn't force you to go to his word, then it's just an irritation. Think of it this way. There's an irritation that takes place in a clam or an oyster, and a little grain of sand gets in there. And that little irritation causes that oyster to secrete a liquid, and that thing turns into a pearl. So that, that sensitive area in that clam starts to, it starts to smooth it out, makes it nice and shiny. And I think it's funny that Peninnah's name actually means pearl. But there are those irritations in our lives that sometimes are there, and you can take it. You, we've all heard if life gives you lemons, make orange juice. No, lemonade. Yeah, just add a little sugar to that sour stuff, and it'll sweeten it right up. It could be refreshing, but it takes a little bit of our work. It takes a little bit of, uh, of, of our thinking, hey, you know what? what? What can I turn this into? Good, or can I let it just irritate me? And, and that clam, that oyster does the same thing, and it turns into a pearl, something that's valuable. That irritation can be very valuable. So we see that there's this irritation here. And so the prayer is so intense and so passionate, so uninhibited, so full of raw emotion, she confuses the high priest Eli, who's probably used to witnessing staged prayers and hears fluent prayers composed to impress others, but not necessarily expressing true feelings. And it seems strange to Eli to watch a woman's lips move, but not hear her speak. And so he thinks she's drunk. In verse 14, he rebukes her. How long are you going to be drunk? Put away your wine from you. And Hannah explains to the priest that she's not drunk. It's her heart that's praying and not her lips. I had a friend tell me of a little girl who always said her prayers at night, but before she would pray, she would take off her clothes and she would put on her pajamas. 
Each evening, she would follow this little ritual that she had. She would go in, take her clothes off, put on her pajamas, and then she and her mom would kneel down by her bed. She would pray. And on the very first day that this family was invited to church, the the pastor in the sanctuary uh, stands up and says, let's pray. And the little girl was very surprised. And she says, and whispers to her mom, you mean we're all going to pray with our clothes on? And somebody overheard it and just kind of looked, and the mom had to explain it. But, you know, when you think about it, when you really, really think about it, I believe that for us to pray effectively, we got to take off the clothes. And not literally, I'm talking about, you know, the facade that we use to cover our hurt. We, we talked today in our leadership meeting about, you know, and, and, and especially for the kids, you know, instead of telling some kid to sit and time out, why not just go over and go, hey, man, can I, can I pray with you? Uh, don't you think that would mean something? And that starts that kid on the right path of, hey, you know what? Yeah, you know, I'm not acting so great. Um, some of those kids might be like, no, if they're crying or hurt. But you can just say, hey, you know, I'm sorry you fell and got hurt. We do it with our kids. Let me pray for you real quick. Let me pray for your little pinky toe. And it's a quick prayer. You know, we cannot say all, we can all say the right words, but does it really come from our heart? And so Eli mistakes her earnestness for drunkenness. And we're, you know, here's another toasted woman, you know, another one half crocked after the sacrificial meal. And, but no. So if you look at what Peninnah's irritation forces Hannah to do, our text tells us she goes to the door of the tabernacle. She goes to where God is. And those irritations sometimes should cause us to do that and pour out our soul before the Lord is what Hannah does. She says, the only thing I've poured out this evening, Mr. Eli, the priest, I haven't poured any wine. I've just poured out my soul. And there's a freedom many Christians like Hannah know, and that is pouring out their soul before the Lord. I can tell you it's an awesome thing, man, when something really troubles me and just to go before the Lord and pour it out and just be real with him, just to get to a place, whether it's in a field or in my car or, you know, sometimes just in the backyard or if nobody's home, just to sit in the chair in the room and, Lord, change what's sitting in the chair. Change me. You don't necessarily have to change the situation, but change me. When you have a heavy spirit, where do you turn? You know, some people turn inward. Some turn on each other. Others turn to drugs and alcohol. But those things only make things good for a moment, and they'll cause problems later. And it's not good for us to do that. They're not helpful at all. They just cause greater misery. So when you give your best to God, to Jesus, it's, it's not unusual to be criticized by those who should be encouraging you. They may not have any clues to what's going on. But remember when Moses and Aaron and Miriam were talking, or if you remember Moses, Aaron and Miriam began talking trash to him for something back in Numbers 12. And that happens because Moses decided, you know what, I'm just going to go to the Lord. And they're like, oh, you know, what's he going to do? David in 2 Samuel chapter 6 is made fun of by his wife. And that'll happen. But that shouldn't stop us. That shouldn't cause us to halt what we're doing and going to the Lord. Look at verse 18, and we'll wrap it up. It says, and she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away. She ate, and her face was no longer sad. Hannah has regained her strength. She went to her strength. She went to her comforter, and she got strength from the Lord, and she has regained her strength. She's no longer sad. Well, what began as a thorn in her side has now been replaced with a smile on her face. That irritation has turned into a pearl. Hannah's demeanor was no longer sad because she knew God's kindness was more than sufficient for whatever God's will required. 
I'm going to say that again. It's that her, her, her God's kindness was more than sufficient for whatever God's will required. So grace might help her bear a child or a greater miracle or bear with Penaniah. You know, think about it. It's just grace. So she could put up with this other woman. Grace does both. At times, God removes those difficulties, and at other times, he helps us, and he turns those difficulties into blessings. And so it works both ways. It's been said, prayer may not always change things for you, but it always changes you for things. And if you remember that, it may not always change those things, but it'll always change you for whatever things that the Lord has for you. You may see what other people have and be like, oh, why can't we have that? That's awesome. But you know what? You may have something that they don't especially if you're a Christian. If they don't have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, then what good is it for you to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Nothing's too difficult to endure when you've got a grip on God's grace. Even a sassy, brassy, crassy chick like Penina, when you think about her, pour out your soul to God and he's going to fill it up again with his peace, his peace. And when the family returned home, well, it was the same. Penina and the SUV as they first arrived in Shiloh, but it was a brand new Hannah. See, the, the thing that changed was Hannah, not Peninnah. Peninnah was no longer a bother. Grace and peace had made the difference. And it's amazing how differently we see people and react to situations when we trust in God's grace and receive God's peace. So let the peace of God rule in your lives and your hearts today. And you're going to be able to praise God for your Peninnah. Whatever that thing is that's irritating you, whatever that thing is that's bothering you, just, you know, just sit there and be like, you know what? I'm just going to praise the Lord for it. He knows what's best for my life. If he's God, remember last week we said, if he's God and you're not, then what you're saying is that he knows better for your life. And so this morning, if there's a penitent in your life, don't try to avoid her or him or begrudge her or complain about her. Rather, make, make, make her or that penitent a matter of prayer. Let her drive you to your knees, trust in God's grace, receive God's peace, and then praise God for your penitent. I believe that the combination of God's grace and her irritations are making your life into a beautiful pearl. They really will if you just step back and let God do what he needs to do. If you just go to him and say, hey, I can't do this on my own. I have no idea. It's kind of like me trying to do electricity. If I don't have somebody telling me how to do it and walking me through step by step, uh, what's going to happen when I get toast out of my toaster? And anybody that knows me really well knows at least eight times I've been electrocuted doing that. You'd think I'd learn the first time, but I didn't. I want that piece of toast. And it's like, Lord, change me. So now I just call my wife and say, hey, you get that toast out for me? If you wind up on the floor, I'll help you out. I promise. Or Asa if he's bad. But you know, those little irritations, they're going to happen. Life happens. It's not going to be easy. Don't let anyone tell you different. You don't arrive to some plane that's just beautiful and uh, not until you die. And only if you're a Christian do you get to go to that beautiful place called heaven. You may be familiar with David's story in the book of 1 Samuel. But did you know he was just one of many important characters from the verses of this Old Testament book? Many people's lives are intertwined to bring about God's plan, even some who weren't following their creator. God used each person to pave the way for David to ascend the throne and ultimately to bring about salvation for the entire world through his line. Today, you may be a David in your own world. God may be calling you to huge things that will take you to potentially dangerous but ultimately wonderful places. On the other hand, 
You might be someone God is using to prepare the way for another or to support them in their role. This doesn't in any way diminish your importance. Wherever you are in life, you can be demonstrating God to the world. If you'd like us to pray for you as you seek God's will for your life, please give us a call. We can be reached at 281-391-5503. That number again is 281-391-5503. If you'd like to hear today's message again or listen to other editions of Come Alive, we'd like to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Find us on your smartphone app store or subscribe on iTunes. You'll receive up-to-date teachings as soon as we make them available. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time to continue studying through 1 Samuel right here on Come Alive.